All the latest business news from WA, delivered daily. At close of business, news briefing. Good afternoon and welcome to the At Close of Business podcast. I'm Isabel Vieira with your Monday afternoon headlines. Curfews imposed by local governments are among the constraints affecting freight productivity by as much as 20%, according to West Australia's peak trucking lobby. The new data comes amid a call from Western Roads Federation for the state and federal governments to ease the nation's escalating cost of living by tweaking productivity policies. Western Roads Federation Chief Executive Cam Dumsney said three key solutions could improve productivity in the sector, which would in turn help ease the cost of living. That included a identifying and removing freight and logistic system delays and removing barriers such as local government curfews, which research commissioned by Western Roads Federation found decreased efficiency by 20%. Mr Dumsey said the industry was also eager to run higher safety and lower emissions vehicles in return for allowing more efficient combinations. In other news, mid-tier gold producers Silver Lake Resources and Red 5 have announced their intention to merge with a combined entity to have a market cap of about $2.2 billion. Once the deal has been finalised, Red 5 will have a 51.7% stake in the new company, with the remaining 48.3% to be controlled by Silver Lake. Both Red 5 and Silver Lake's boards unanimously back the deal and expect the merger to be implemented by June, subject to approval from Silver Lake shareholders in May. And lastly, pilots working for West Australian-based Qantas subsidiary Network Aviation could walk off the job later this week as part of an ongoing enterprise agreement dispute. Members of the Australian Federation of Air Pilots have advised the airline of plans to stop work for 24 hours on Thursday as part of a push to come to terms on a new deal with the company. The previous enterprise agreement between the pair expired in October 2020 and the pair remain apart on a proposal for a new agreement. Australian Federation of Air Pilots Senior Industrial Officer Chris Atkins said the pilots were pushing for an improvement in both pay and conditions and issued a veiled swipe at former Qantas Chief Executive Alan Joyce. Should they go ahead, the strikes would impact Network Aviation's passenger transport services via QantasLink as well as its intrastate and fly-and-fly-out charter operations for the resources sector. The airline services several important WA regional routes, including flights from Perth to Caratha, Port Hedland, Newman and Parabadu. That's all from me. Up next on the podcast, Jack McGinn and Tom Zonmeyer discuss community value in activism. The business world is teeming with opportunities to succeed and every day is a chance for the ambitious to learn, know and grow. Over recent years, we have built the greatest business journalist team in WA, delivering you the most trusted, comprehensive, intelligent and up-to-date news across every sector, every platform, every day. No fluff, all informative stuff. At Business News, we believe progress boils down to one simple habit. That is, what you subscribe to today shapes what you will become tomorrow. Subscribe to success. Subscribe to Business News. Visit businessnews.com.au forward slash subscribe for more information. Welcome back to At Close of Business. I'm Jack McGinn. Today I'm joined by Tom Zonmeyer. Tom, how are you? Great. Yourself? I'm really well, thanks, Tom. Tom, for the most recent edition of Business News, you've penned a, an opinion piece talking about uh, some of Western Australia's favourite sports. Now, uh, one of the sports that you've picked up on 
is activist bashing. Tell me a bit about that. What's going on? Yeah, um, well, something I guess I've noticed over the past few years. Um, it's just a propensity to for certain sectors of the population to just be getting a lot louder and um, more aggressive in there. I guess their criticism of activists and not just certain groups of activists, but activism in general. Um, and I guess the, the point was made late last year and the main there is uh, came from WA Premier Roger Cook, in fact, um, just having a bit of a stab at um, backpackers and the role that they play um, in I guess, protesting against projects and things that go on in Western Australia and saying they have no role in this, right? And it's like, well, they do have a role. I mean, they pay taxes here. They bring tourism dollars here. Uh, they work in a lot of the jobs that... Uh, us as West Australians don't want to work in, mm. um, and so that's just one of the areas. Uh, I guess one of the one of the areas that people are starting to really talk up and criticise and say, "Well, why are we doing this?" And I guess from my my view is there are certain elements of activism that do deserve to be called out, but there are a lot of elements of activism that actually do our state a great service that you know, we shouldn't, not least of which the Premier, really shouldn't be going out and you know, having a crack at just for, you know, for a few claps from um, you know, people from industry. I was going to say, I think he had a pretty favourable room when he made those comments uh, that day. Um, but you do make the point, you know, copy and paste submissions and that sort of thing. There's not really a place for those. Um the conversation probably on both sides getting pretty loud, you'd have to say, with uh, certainly with some of the protest groups and uh, and everything that we've seen sort of come to the fore over the last few years as well. So is it a case that, like, things are getting louder on, on either side, do you think? Or is it, yeah, what do you reckon of that? Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, yeah, that's just a product of you know, social media and, um, head, you know, I guess, quote-driven news headlines and those kind of things. As things do get louder on both sides. Um, and... I've certainly seen during my time and you know, covered plenty of those real extreme elements of activism going and doing ridiculous things like blocking off roads to um, industrial precincts and you know, tying and putting their thumbs in thumb locks to stop people from being able to get to and from work and you know, all those absolutely ridiculous things that completely deserve to be shot down mm. um, or even better, ignored because what they want is publicity at the end of the day. Um, but by the other side then coming in and you know painting all activists by the same brush essentially you know, it, it becomes this bit of a race to the bottom um yeah. you know some you know or you could call it you know, loudest voice wins kind of thing at the end of the day so um i think resorting to the same kind of rhetoric that one side is isn't necessarily in our best interests yelling loudly in opposite directions doesn't often achieve a lot You've mentioned Roger Cook there, and I found it really interesting lately just around the Environmental Defender's Office, Roger Cook. So the Environmental Defender's Office, for our listeners who may not be across it, is the organisation that uh, is an NGO, but it receives funding from the state, a bunch of state governments and the federal government. And it was the organisation that was criticised following the recent finding against uh, uh, against the appeal of Santos's Barossa project basically found that um, the Environmental Defender's Office hadn't acted in necessarily the most ethical ways to further its case. Um, Roger Cook's been very adamant that we should still be funding the EDO uh, and I think on this podcast we've spoken about it before that you know role organizations like the EDO pay, play a really important role and they shouldn't be dismissed but when you see them sort of acting like this it f- almost furthers that argument um, that some people have that uh you know, all activism is bad activism. Not necessarily the case, Tom. No, I mean, and I mean, it is a clear, I guess, case recently in that 
court judgment, it did found that EDO has acted pretty unscrupulously, and so they, they do need to reflect on that. Does that mean they have to have their funding completely cut? I don't think so. Um, yeah, it's, they, they serve an important role. They serve a role where others potentially can't and to help people that feel they do have a strong case but aren't getting heard from other areas or don't feel like they have that, that, that right level of support. So yeah, they do play a role, but yeah, they, need to be, they do need to be very careful in terms of not stepping over the line, as they potentially have done here with this case, into activism because you know courts judges the, those kind of things shouldn't play that role and I guess that just comes down to um, I don't know potentially being select more selective with who they work with with knowing who uh, getting a better read on the people they work with and being able to respond accordingly to that mm. so you've uh, you've name checked a few places here James Price Point uh, Ningaloo and the Boronop Forest. What is it about these places that's special to you? Yeah, oh, I mean, they're just some of the... I mean, Western Australia is one of the last great... has some of the last great wilderness areas, not just in the country, but in the world. And you know, people need to be able to enjoy them. And you know, James Price Point is a classic case where we had this big push from industry and from government to industrialise it, build a massive gas plant, would have brought in a lot of jobs, a lot of money into Broome, which would have been brilliant in one way for Broome. Um, but on the flip side, it's a case of what would, we, what would we be losing, right? And James Price Point is one of the most spectacular campsites in the country. Still free, as far as I'm aware. Um, you just sit there and watch the whales go by. You look up, you've got the stars overhead. Um, it's just one of those places that where anyone who's been there and who's sat there overnight, it really just yeah, sinks into your soul and you remember it forever. Um, they Those kind of areas do really deserve to be protected. And... Um, I guess without activism, it's potential that it never would have been, that it would have been bulldozed, that it would have had a big industrial precinct that would have been lit up and it would not be like it is now. Um, Ningaloo Reef, the obvious example as well, one of Australia's biggest tourism marketing attractions now. Um, it never used to be World Heritage Listed. It took activism to make it happen. Tom, it's, um, it's an interesting take and I'm sure that our listeners will, uh, will take it all on board as you speak it. Thanks so much for joining me today, sharing your insight. Your opinion piece is available on the final page of the most recent edition of Business News. Have a great day. You too. The latest business news delivered daily. Subscribe and rate the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. For all the latest business news, visit businessnews.com.au.